0: We welcome you to the NACMA Podcast. Join us by listening to each episode full of interesting topics from industry leaders in college athletics. There will be a wide range of topics, each one focusing on what we in college athletics deal with on a daily basis, revenue generation, brand management, and the fan experience. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Small School Stories brought to you by your Small Schools Committee from NACMA. This week, we are featuring Kia Anderson from the University of Delaware, the Director of Engagement there. And Kia, we are so excited to have you on with us. Welcome to this week's podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be
0: chatting with you. Kia, you guys are having an unbelievable spring season Um, And that really has transcended throughout COVID. And you've mentioned already when we were talking before coming on some of the struggles and impacts that you guys have gone through with not being sure if you guys would even be able to complete a season. Just real quick, what's it been like for you of being able to get these seasons off the ground, seeing the success of your spring sports or your fall sports that are playing in the spring? Just take us through that real quick, and then we'll get going with the rest of today's show. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so... I think you know probably for everyone in college sports that did not play in the fall, um, it was kind of a unsure what the spring would look like and how are we going to pull off supporting all of our sports at once and are we even gonna make it through the season? um, And you know student athletes and coaches that are just you know desperate to get out on the field and play and how can we do that and make it happen safely and. You know, just a lot of credit to you know everyone at our institution and and every institution who's been able to you know pull off scheduling and and you know keeping it safe for our student athletes and making sure that we can make it work for for all of them to have a season. And, and yeah, it's been really cool to see our sports doing really well. Um, you know, we're having some great seasons and, and some teams really succeeding, and it's awesome when you're putting in all this work to to do it all for all these sports teams to see them really succeeding. So definitely um, really cool to see.
0: And you've had a plethora of experiences yourself and seen a lot of success yourself as a student athlete, a four-time all-conference at Denison as a soccer player there. Take us a little bit through because you didn't start, you know, in college athletics per se um, with your degree path. Kind of how did you wind up getting into where you are now? And take us through that progression of um, what really led you into where you are as the director of engagement at the University of Delaware now.
1: Yeah, so. Um, you know, it actually starts even before me playing college sports in that my dad was a college track coach. And so I really grew up around it, you know, grew up going to track practice after school and going to meets every weekend. And I just loved the environment of it. I loved the relationship I saw my dad have with the student athletes and just thought like, this is so cool. And so it kind of always was in the back of my mind. Um, that I might want to work in college athletics, but I didn't really want to coach, so wasn't sure what that looked like. Um, and then, yeah, I went to college and went to Denison University, which was a great experience for me and loved playing soccer there. And it just really kind of molded my experience as a college student. And so, um, you know, I really, I loved it. And again, you know, when I graduated, I, I applied for jobs in, but also in HR, which kind of um, stems from my degree, which I I, uh, studied psychology as my major. Um, And sports management was my minor, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting a job doing recruiting for a staffing company out of college. And, you know, for somebody just starting off out of school, it was a good first job um and i enjoyed my time there but you know a couple years in i was like this is not what i can do for the rest of my life and i really need to find something that i love and so um you know i decided to go back and get my master's degree so i was still working full time but went and got my master's degree from northwestern university at night um, and spent my weekends uh interning with our marketing department so Actually, one of my father's former student athletes was um, leading the marketing team at Northwestern at the time, and he kind of guided me through going to grad school and interning and all that good stuff. And then, you know, once I graduated from grad school, I got the opportunity to take on a full-time role at Northwestern in the ticket office. So I was doing group ticket sales, um, and so that's kind of how I you know, made my way into the sports industry. And, you know, I worked there for a couple of years and, and, you know, enjoyed my time at Northwestern a lot. It was a great place to be, but um, didn't want to be in ticket sales forever also. And, you know, one of um, the people at Northwestern that I talked to kind of advised me, look, if you want to move out of ticket sales, you're going to have to go to a smaller school where you can get your hands Uh, In a lot of different things and get involved in a lot of different things and and work your way up and work hard and people will notice and it's just easier to do that at a smaller school. So I kind of took that to heart and started to look at different opportunities. And um, you know, I was living in Chicago at the time, but I grew up in New Jersey and had always kind of thought about getting back to the East Coast. And so this opportunity at Delaware popped up and I applied and got the position. So I was doing, again, kind of a lot of different things. It was, you know, group ticket focused. They had never had any um, outbound sales at Delaware before I started there, um, but also was dealing with camps and clinics and outside rental events. And, you know, I was working really closely with the marketing and external team on various initiatives. And so um, I did that for a couple of years and then, you know, eventually moved into kind of an assistant director role on our marketing and engagement team here at Delaware and then, you know, kind of moved my way up. And so it's been really cool to be able to grow within um, the University of Delaware. And, you know, it's really a testament to that piece of advice I got where, you know, if you can go somewhere and and get your hands involved in a lot of different things, you know, that will benefit you and and you'll be able to kind of build those relationships and prove that you can do it and, and move your way up.
0: I think that's a incredible. And, you know, the really the big thing that sticks out to me there is, you know, saying that small schools, if you get involved, you can get noticed by working hard at the small schools, really get your hands dirty um, as as you have and been able to work up at one institution um, that you found a comfortability at, you know, you were still getting challenged, but able to kind of move your career forward at the same time while learning new skills. But for you, and you kind of touch on this a little bit about how you know the advice has benefited your career, and how being at the University of Delaware has benefited your career. But what makes the University of Delaware your small school unique? What makes the University of Delaware special to you?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the really cool things about the University of Delaware—it doesn't really seem like a small school. Uh, you know, we have eighteen thousand undergrads. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is just the state pride right so um, everyone that lives here has a connection to University of Delaware whether they went there or their sibling or parent or whoever went there there's just so much state pride around the University of Delaware and you know everyone's wearing Delaware gear all the time you know football game days are just huge I mean the tailgating rivals you know, what you see at at larger power five institutions, Um, you know, on a Saturday, football Saturday at Delaware, um, you know, everyone knows it's happening and it's a big thing. So I think the, the fact that it is, um, you know, there's not a lot of competition in the area as far as, you know, other large universities, obviously Villanova is close, but not super close. And just, you know, university has this big, University of Delaware has the state pride that, is really exciting to see. And just so many people are so passionate about it. Um, So it doesn't really feel small here. It feels pretty big. So I think that that, that's, you know, a really cool thing to be involved in. Um, And, and it's cool to see. So, you know, my role is a lot of community engagement focus um, in the marketing area. And, you know, we do a lot of work with different school programs and just, you know, Everyone knows the University of Delaware and everyone, you know, all the kids are wearing UD gear and it's just a really cool feeling that there's so much pride in this school kind of across the state.
0: And you mentioned some of the different initiatives that you guys are doing, the amount of community service that you've done. Um, Obviously, you've helped out with a lot of a lot of the camps when you first got there and moving into the group um, aspect where you're really having these connections that make that community service Um, option viable and and successful but a lot of those have stemmed at the basis of where your award winning ideas have come from for NACMA best of awards University of Delaware's name has been popping up a lot more um, in the past three to five years or so Um, from a success standpoint when it comes to the best of awards are there one or two awards that really stick out to you as far as Um, A program that you're most proud of that you also were able to reap the benefits of by uh, voting from the membership from NACMA?
1: Yeah so um, you know one that I think is one of our biggest highlights is our hero program and I have to give credit where credit is due I did not um, come up with this program initially It was initiated by Christy Fletcher Williams, who's now at Texas A&M, but she was at Delaware before she moved there. And this was really her baby when she initiated, and then she moved on. And in the second year, I took it over. um, And it's just continually grown, but It is a program that we partner with local elementary schools um, for an anti-bullying initiative. So we do it in the fall um, around football season and October is National Bullying Prevention Month. Um, And so it kind of fits right in there. Um, And basically we do a three week curriculum with local elementary schools where we do um, worksheets for them, our student athletes do videos, we do some school visits, Um, but it's, Three weeks of, you know, things that the students are supposed to um, complete in order to become heroes. And heroes stands for Hens Encouraging Respect to Others. Um, and it's just a really cool program, and, and the students get really into it. And, you know, the first year that we did it, I think we had about 2,500 elementary school students sign up to participate in the program. Um, the most recent year we did it, we had over 10,000 students signed up. So, you know, classrooms are signing up, whole schools are signing up. They're doing the curriculum. Um, and then when they complete the program, their reward is that they are invited to come to our final football game of the season, which is, you know, in November and often freezing cold and one that we are not always packing the stands for. So, you know, we're getting hundreds or a couple thousand students from local elementary schools that are coming in to the game. And then their parents and families are buying tickets and we give them hero capes when they get there. And then they get to run, kind of lead our football team out of the tunnel when they run onto the field. And so they love it. It's a really cool experience for them. They're getting on campus they're seeing the University of the University of Delaware. We're getting some extra ticket sales and some people in the stands at games that you know are harder for us to fill and you know we're doing this great work in the community as part of it so that one is just one that is really cool and has really grown and we get great feedback from it every year and it's definitely one that i'm most proud of because you know it just kind of has all of the elements right it's benefiting us as a university it's benefiting the community Um, our student athletes are doing community service work with it so it's just a really cool program and, and one that I enjoy putting on every year.
0: And I can't imagine why. I mean, just thinking about it based off of how you described it, of seeing all of these kids running out on the field in little uh, Superman or Superwoman capes, um, just kind of pulls at the heartstrings as well of what the program is. Um, the photos, I'm sure, are always fantastic, or the video clips that you guys get, and you know you mentioned how many different aspects that that program touches um, with all the different elements of essential external ops and getting the community involved in the ticket sales Um, what are some of those elements that are that are needed for your successful programs that if if you're creating a program you're working with your marketing team or your engagement team your external operations team What are those elements that you always look at that say, if we have to check these boxes for this program to be successful, and if we don't, then we're going to fail?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when we look at at programs that we are looking to institute, it's, you know, are we able to make this successful, and what does that success look like? So, you know, is the goal of this program to just, do a great thing for the community? Is it to bring people to the game? Is it um, to fulfill a sponsor element? So that program is also sponsored. So, um, you know, you're looking at all of those things and just how can we make it work? And that is one that really, again, you said it, but encompasses everything and and not that every program we do has to encompass all of those things. But I think, um, you know, it's important to make sure that we're making the most out of every every one of these programs that we're doing right because they do take a lot of time and effort and you don't want to put together a three-week curriculum for a classroom and then have you know 25 students come right and so that's the tough piece but um you know having a program that the university as a whole can get behind and the department can get behind and there's buy-in from every different area and then that's communicated well right and so you know, I think a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you talked about communicating all of the being able to communicate the things you're doing, and if you can do great stuff, but if no one knows about it, then it doesn't make a difference, right? And so, making sure that you're getting in front of the right people with this information, um, and I think for us, again, I talked about it, but like the University of Delaware in Delaware has this, um, you know, respect that that a lot of places maybe aren't as lucky to have you know statewide you get an, an email in elementary school you know that's an hour and a half away may get an email from the university of delaware athletic department and they're not going to ignore it like you might find in some other places where you know the school's not as um prominent or doesn't have as much um you know respect or excitement around it i guess and so you know it's really great to to be at a place that you know People see the University of Delaware doing something and they're excited to learn about
0: it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, for us here at UNC Pembroke, if we start reaching out an hour and a half away, we're getting into Duke and NC State and Carolina's territory to where us as a small school, our emails will almost get scoffed at if we don't stay within what our region base is essentially. But um, because of that, you know, what are some elements or traditions or promotions um, One specifically that all of the other listeners that are tuning into the podcast can use or utilize in your mind if they were able to just pick up what you do and implement it where they are and see some sort of return, whether it's a ROI or whether it's just a um, positive experience. Is there one particular thing, tradition, promotion, or experience that sticks out in your mind that you guys do at University of Delaware that you think the rest of the membership would be able to benefit from at their own institutions, especially with us having two years of incoming freshmen, essentially, that all of us are trying to market to, to create what the new game day experience will be like?
1: Yeah, I think, so there's a couple that I, that I want to mention. So one is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which, you know, I know schools around do various things for. Um, And we do, again, a really cool um, community-focused program where, you know, we invite, you know, 300 to 400 members of the community to come and do kind of a pre-basketball game um, clinic with our women's sports program. And, you know, we usually ask for five volunteers from each program and every single student athlete will come to that, right? They love doing it just as much as our, you know, community members that are participating love it. Um, it's a really cool day. Um, so if you have some space, and again, the student athletes, you know, you you just put the kids in front of them and, and put an organization and structure in place where they're rotating through different, um, you know, stations, but the student athletes take that and run with it and they love doing it. They love leading little kids and teaching them about their sport and why they love it. Um, and then all those kids come to a women's basketball game and their families are buying tickets, and that game is packed with screaming um, kids that are just super excited to be there and just pumped up from having all those student athletes that just taught them about their sports, and then all those student athletes are coming to the game too. So that's always a great game day experience for our women's basketball program. And again, national, doing something for National Girls and Women in Sports Day isn't reinventing the wheel, but. It's another one of those that kind of ticks all of our boxes. Um, You know, we're doing it for the community. It's increasing attendance at a basketball game. It's a sponsored element. So we've got, you know, a partner that's happy with, you know, the exposure they're getting. And our student athletes love doing that community work. So that's a really cool one that, that we love. The other thing that that I wanna touch on that is a good one for us um, is our most valuable professor program. So, you know, we also, you know, in my role with engagement, you know, engaging the academic community, the school community here is really important for us. Um, And so every year for each of our sports, we have a game that we call our most valuable professor game. And we have our student athletes invite their professor to come to the game and watch them play. and we honor them, you know, depending on what the sport is, you know, we're doing a read or, you know, at basketball games, they're often sitting on the bench before the game watching warm warmups. Um, it's a little different depending on what sport it is, but we honor those professors at the game. The, the players are giving them handwritten notes, inviting them to come. Um, it's really good for, you know, the relations between the athletic department and the institution at large. And then. You know, we're inviting those that professor's colleagues to come watch them be honored at the game, too. So, you know, we're getting fans out that, you know, maybe have never come to a game before, but they know that their colleague is being honored, and so they come to see it. And And it's a really cool program, and the professors really love it. And, you know, we see some of the same faces over and over. So we know, um, you know, some of these professors have, have been through it a lot, but they still come every time because they feel special and, and they love, you know, the fact that they're making an impact in these student-athletes' lives, too. So that's one that, you know, has been really great for us in our relationship with the university, and I think that's one that, um, you know, it, it's pretty easy to do for most schools, and I think it's valuable for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, for every school, they have their own unique elements of, and like you said, encouraging everybody to participate in National Girls, Women's, and Sports Day, um, extremely important, but also recognizing your on-campus departments being able to connect with those other organizations departments uh, resources that your student athletes have access to but don't necessarily use and figuring out ways to involve them within your game day or um, getting the student athletes to actually interact with them i love the idea of the handwritten notes to the professors, so it's not just all the external that they don't just turn in a, a name and then the external team or the engagement team is then reaching out to them it's actually something that you're giving the student-athletes that initiative and also teaching them the importance of thanking those that are supporting them or helping them along the way. So I think all of those are, are great points and things that everybody that is listening in can definitely take to heart and use um, at your own institution um, to see some sort of success. Even if it's not the exact program that um, that you're talking about here with us today, you'll be able to take elements of it and be able to find some sort of success that makes it enjoyable, and uh, a positive experience for those that are participating within those events. Um, And and for you, that participation is something that you mentioned is, is key to the University of Delaware specifically, that state pride that you're talking about that a lot of institutions, small school, big school, don't necessarily get to see because of the amount of competition around them in their area. You guys have that unique aspect. So because of that unique aspect for you, what is your favorite advertising resource? You know, what is what is your quickest way to get your message out to your fans, to your students, to the state, to the community? Um, what's that best resource that you have found success with at the University of Delaware?
1: Yeah, I mean, we use all the, you know, ones that everyone uses. We're doing, you know, regular email marketing and, and you know, Facebook targeted ads and all of that stuff. But I think the one unique one that we have found a lot of success with and again this kind of goes back to to my area being really community engagement focused is um, speech jar which is a program that allows you to promote to school districts and the students in those school districts so um you know i would look into it because not every school district is a part of it but a lot of them close to us are so when you want to promote something to a large community that is not super expensive but is you know, family focused or focused on kids, that's a resource that's a really great one because it's getting in the hands of parents at, um, you know, an elementary school level. Um, and, and it's not super expensive and it's going directly to them in, you know, an email newsletter and, And it's just been a good resource for us and one that, you know, when we ask people how they heard about X, Y, or Z event, we're getting Peach Jar a lot when we utilize that to to communicate. So that's one that I would suggest people look into um, and see if the elementary schools around them are using Peach Jar for their communication.
0: And just to clarify, is it Speech Jar or Peach Jar?
1: All right, Peach Jar, so P-E-A-C-H-J-A-R.
0: Perfect. I will have to look into that as well. I know that with all of the transition to online classes and things in our area, um, similar to across the country, I know that they switched over to Blackboard or to Canvas here. I don't know if they have peach jar, but it's definitely something that we're, we're going to look at. We love including our local uh, community and students, which, um, as you mentioned, just having the kids screaming their heads off and figuring out ways to get your student-athletes to interact with them creates that fun environment and really um, gets the rest of the student fan base going as well because there's just that sense of enjoyment, pure elation when students are at games um, with younger kids because they see it through their eyes at the same time. So definitely something that we're going to look in, uh, look into here at University of North Carolina Pembroke and a great suggestion. But we have reached that time, Kia, um, where we are going to enter our Fast Five segment. I'm going to ask you five questions. Um, they are not going to all be the same from the last podcast so i know you said you listened to the last podcast so i'm going to try and stump you a little bit here um but we're going to give you a quick five and answer it with the first thing that comes to your mind they should be pretty simple but if you get stumped on one we'll give you a few seconds to think about it but kia are you ready i'm ready all right here we go with this week's fast five what is your favorite sport to work
1: Football, hands down.
0: What is your favorite game day snack?
1: Um, I was pretty disappointed with with pretzels as the answer. Uh, I would say if I'm if I'm attending a game, a, a hot dog or nachos is probably at the top of the list. Though I do understand the idea that when you're working a game, you know, having a snack is is not always at the top of the priority list. But I'll go hot dog.
0: Um. Team polos, yes or no?
1: Um, yes, I guess team polos are, are good. The one, I we got to figure out the khakis. I mean, just the polo and khaki look for females in, in athletics is, is a tough one. So there's got to be a better answer there.
0: Would you rather have a crazy light show or some sort of pyrotechnics or anything like that or always have the perfect song, hype song ready?
1: I would say always have the perfect hype song ready. I mean, the music in, in any venue can really change the energy and lights and pyro are, are cool, but um, I think you can use music more throughout, it, throughout a game. So that would be my answer for sure.
0: And final question, since you chose song, what is your go-to hot timeout song?
1: Oh man, Um, Power by Kanye West is my go-to. Love that one. Gets people pumped. Um, It's a
0: good one. That's a great one. Yeah, as long as you're using the short version and keeping it clean, that is a great option. Um, For those of you that are new to your sound director or SoundCloud or whatever element you're using, make sure that you listen to your music before playing it so that you know which clips you are playing so you don't get in trouble with your athletics director or your boss. But Kia... Thank you so much yeah. for that. That was fantastic. And final question of the day, um, your NACMA sales pitch. NACMA has so many incredible benefits and has allowed so many people to connect. And um, obviously, this is our first time connecting, but I've loved every every second of this and would love to meet you in person. But what is your pitch as to why members or new members should join again this upcoming year now in the paid format once more?
1: Yeah, so I think that, you know, NACMA has just great benefits. You know, you mentioned the connections that you make with different people um, and being able to meet new people, and and that's super important in this industry, obviously. But, you know, I think that, you know, some of the idea sharing is the biggest piece. Um, You know, being able to see what's working at other schools and take what they're doing, adapt it to make it work at your school. Um, is one of the things that, you know, we really value here. And, you know, looking at those best of awards and what are the cool things that other schools are doing and um, being able to just see what's working at other places is really important. And, um, you know, one thing we do is we have a couple of full-time student interns with us this spring. And, you know, there are some things that we just haven't been able to do because of COVID. And, you know, things that I want them to learn about that they aren't um, getting that same hands-on experience with this spring. And so um, one thing we've asked them to do is every week they listen to a different NACMA webinar and they just go back into the archives and look at different ones and pick what one they wanna to listen to that week and then kind of report back to us on what they learned. And then we discuss, you know, how we, you know, take those ideas and, and implement them here at Delaware um, or what that would mean for other schools. but. You know, it's been just a really great conversation starter, and they've learned a ton from doing those um, different webinars and, and listening to them and taking notes. And it's just been a really great resource for, for them to be able to um, learn from other places than just Delaware. And so that has been a big piece. But, yeah, I think just the idea sharing and being able to connect with other schools and find out what they're doing and figure out how you can make that work at your own school.
0: And if you guys are interested in membership renewal, that is now open. So if you do have your own team or a small staff, they now have group memberships as well so that your full-time students or student interns can now actually have their membership as a part of your group or team membership. Um, And Kia, you've mentioned so many great things today. Um, I've taken a ton of notes during our conversation and hope that everybody else does as well and take some of these things that you've mentioned to heart but Kia I cannot thank you enough for joining me today on our small school stories podcast of NACMA small schools committee thank you so much for joining us here today
1: absolutely thank you so much for having me it was great to
0: connect once again that was Kia Anderson the director of engagement at the University of Delaware and this was your small school stories podcast part two thanks so much for joining us everyone we hope you continue to have a great week and we'll see you next time Thank you for listening to the NACMA podcast. Be sure to visit the online community and join NACMA in continuing the conversation.